0: To another Evil Chocolate, another cookie, another podcast. Evil chocolate cookie, cookie Podcast cookie in Podcast Podcast in Podcast in, in Podcast. In. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. This is the Evil Chocolate Cookie here with you again. It's been a while, but I'm here. And I'm here because. Today is actually Jeopardy's 37th birthday. The first episode of the modern version of Jeopardy came on the air on September 10th, 1984. And of course, that was 37 years ago today. So I just want to talk a little bit more about it. I know we've done some podcasts on Jeopardy! and we've had some discussions, but one thing I never really went into in a whole lot of detail are some of my very specific memories with this show and things that really struck me over the years, and some stupid stuff that I did in connection with the show without really meaning to. So as you guys know, I got into Jeopardy! when I was little like, really little. In fact, and I was wrong about this when I mentioned it once before, my first very, very hazy memory of the show is hearing the music and asking somebody what it was, and they're like, oh, that's Jeopardy! And I'm just like, okay, and then I never thought about it again, but then I started watching it and getting the music stuck in my head. And then, of course, you know my favorite contestant of all time, and that whole story because we talked about it and I, I told you the whole uh, the whole spiel you, you know all about it but I would have to say one of my favorite things that ever happened after you know Ken Jennings and we briefly touched on this too was in the the teen tournament of either 2004 or 2005 I don't remember exactly there was a blind contestant and you may be asking why did that strike me I was just coming to terms with the fact that you know my eyes didn't work and things like that and I had also discovered that I wanted to be on Jeopardy at some point but I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it and seeing, seeing her on there that day, it really, you know, brought everything into focus, I think. Even though I was that little, just seeing that was amazing. Because it showed me that people like me could do things. So, you know, that, that meant more to me than anybody would believe just seeing that. And... Carrie, I don't know if you listen to this, but if you do, I'm going to shout you out here and say thank you. Whole big bunches for that, because that meant more than you know to a little kid who was just coming to terms with things. And it, it did open up my eyes to the fact that, hey, I could do that too. Um as, at my age now if I saw that I, I I don't think it would take me by surprise as much as it did then But you you have to think I was just I was little I was about 5 5 or 6 something like that So seeing anybody like me on TV was absolutely incredible One of the things that kind of bothered me, actually, about Jeopardy was when they changed the theme music. You know, they've changed the theme music a few times, but they had one from, I think, 1997 up to 2008. And obviously I'd gotten used to it. And then 2008 rolls around and they've changed the music. Let's just say I wasn't exactly happy about it. I liked the old version better. I always will. I mean, I don't know if it's, you know, like a childhood thing or if it just sounds better. But I, I like the old music a lot better than I do what we've got now. Honestly, I think the theme music is, once again, due for a change because it hasn't changed in 13 years. But some of you might disagree with me on that. I think they should kind of make make it more like the old one, but not, you know, like a carbon copy of the old one. But just kind of bring back some of the um okay what's the word I'm looking for here make it more reminiscent of the late 90s early 2000s version while still keeping it kind of modern sounding at the same time so that people don't get you know aggravated with it now to something funny that I did but yeah that's my thing with the theme music Now to something funny that I did. So this was still when I was a little kid. And I loved the show. Well, somebody on TV said that something was in Jeopardy. Well, like I said, I was little and the only Jeopardy I knew was the TV show. So I look at whoever I was watching TV with and I said, If it's in Jeopardy, why isn't it winning any money? And they had to explain to me that Jeopardy was another word for danger. But, I mean, that was just so funny. Like, if it's in Jeopardy, why isn't it winning any money? A similar situation with Double Jeopardy, and this was actually brought to mind by the question on last night's Jeopardy episode. Well, it it actually wasn't last night's. It was a rerun from the Tournament of Champions, but same difference. There was a question about the Double Jeopardy thing in the Constitution in the Double Jeopardy round. I couldn't have done that any better. But I was just learning about the Constitution and the amendments and things like that, and the double jeopardy section in the Fifth Amendment came up. Well, again, the only double jeopardy I knew of was the double jeopardy in the TV show. So I was like, if double jeopardy is illegal, does that mean Alex Trebek is in trouble? <laughs> I was a, I was a dumb little kid, Okay a very, very dumb little kid. I mean, now I know what double jeopardy actually means. In that context, it means you can't be tried twice for the same crime. A hilarious example of this I actually read in a joke book. A judge says to his client, I am not at all satisfied with the evidence against you, so I find you not guilty. The client looks right back at the judge and says, Can I keep the money? (laughs) Well, I used the wrong words in that, but you guys understand what I mean. Like, the the person's just like, whoever. Wasn't the lawyer talking to his client, it was the judge talking to the criminal. I can't talk today. Ah! (laughs) Anyway. But that... That's the little kid half of this. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. I have much, much more to cover. I will see you then. Okay, everyone. Welcome back. Now let's continue with the trip down Memory Lane and celebrating Jeopardy!'s 37th birthday. I think one of my favorite episodes of all time was in some some point in, I think, 2009. When there was a category... I think it was about the um, Secretary of State office, and they actually had the Secretary of State at the time, who just so happened to be Hillary Clinton, come in and read the clues. To understand why this is significant, you have to understand that at the time, I thought she was fantastic, and that she was like the coolest person ever, because I mean, we had a woman running for president for the first time ever, and I thought it was really, 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 really awesome. And I was kind of obsessed because I was about 10 and yeah I, I tended to get hooked on things and that, that kind of stuff You w- you won't believe it but I before that even happened I actually met her but that's a, that's a story for another episode You don't have to believe me but <laughs> it's true I could tell you I met Bob the Builder, too, but that would be a lie. <laughs> anyway, I I remember that I, I think we'd forgotten to watch it that night, and then somebody calls, and they're like, Oh, turn on Jeopardy! You'll want to see this category. And so I did, and I did see that category. I don't remember anything else about that episode, just that category. <laughs> but i'd I'd have to say another one of my favorite things that they did, actually, I should have put this in the little kids section, but I didn't was the ultimate tournament of champions. I hated it at the time because I was used to the classic format and having a returning champion all the time, and then here's this big long tournament that's just dragging out forever and ever and ever and ever. And I I kind of hated it at the time because it took so long. But in retrospect, looking back on it, it was the coolest thing. I'd almost love to see them do it again. I doubt that's going to happen, but it would be absolutely fantastic if it ever did. I, I guess I can leave that where it is because I, it wasn't cool at the time, but looking back at it now, it was fantastic. Another tournament. Let's jump ahead a little bit. The competition between Ken Jennings, Brad Rutter, and Watson. That was the coolest thing ever. Seeing a computer playing Jeopardy. Don't ask me why I thought it was cool. But I did. I'm just sad that um, neither of the humans were able to beat Watson. That would have been the coolest thing ever to see a computer lose. <laughs> then the computer would be singing I Lost on Jeopardy. I could just imagine a computer going... I lost on Jeopardy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that was another cool tournament. After that, I really kind of dropped out of the show for a few years. I really didn't have a good way to watch it. So I missed a lot of the big events that happened for several years. I didn't want to. It was just one of those things that kind of happened. When I did get to tune back in, I was actually kind of amazed that the show was still on the air. I came really back in in 2017. I mean, just think about it. I mean, I've been out of the loop for several years, and usually if you watch something and then you back off from it for a few years, it's not going to be on the air anymore and then I come back and here's Jeopardy still on the air same time slot and I'm just like oh my god they actually kept it but that, that's always been my luck if I lose track of a show for a few years I try to come back for it and it's not there anymore but Jeopardy wasn't like that Jeopardy stayed put and I'm glad for that and then James Holtower came into the picture I actually saw James Holtower on The Chase before he got on Jeopardy. For those of you who don't know, James Holtower was a contestant on the Game Show Network version of The Chase, hosted by Brooke Burns. Thank you, Alarm Clock. I still need to review that. But one of the things that James did is he got the highest cash builder score to date on that show, on that version of the show. I don't know if anyone ever surpassed his score. I, I don't remember. And his team also got the largest um, amount of correct answers in their version of the final chase. They were 26 steps ahead of the beast. Obviously, I didn't know James's last name because they don't tell you everyone's last name. And then James Holzhauer gets on Jeopardy. And I didn't, you know, I didn't like recognize his last name or anything, but once he started talking, I knew who he was. And then, of course, I'd seen something about it on Facebook, too. Or somebody had seen something about it on Facebook and told me, I don't remember. All I know is he was on Jeopardy! and he was good. That was 19, so that would have been about the time I was up to my ears in college work. Trying to get my degree. The next big thing was the greatest of all time tournament. That tournament was amazing. I remember watching it because it was on ABC and I actually missed the first night because I forgot that it was on ABC instead of where I would usually watch Jeopardy because I wasn't used to that. But I watched the rest of it. Poor Brad. He didn't win any matches. I thought Ken was going to be in a little bit of trouble in the last match of that tournament. I thought James was going to beat him and that it was going to go on for another day. But then Ken comes out ahead and wins the entire tournament. And I remember just sitting there watching that and squealing like a maniac. Because, as I've told you, I'm... My fault here is that I'm super loyal to people when you know they've been around as long as Ken has in my life even you know just from the other side of the TV screen I've never met the guy he probably wouldn't want to meet me but I do I do tend to stick to people like that so as much as I was rooting for James I was rooting for Ken even more and then Ken comes out Ahead and wins this thing. And then they hire him. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, last season. You know obviously was hard. I think it was hard for all of us. That enjoy the show. But I'm trying to look forward. Now. Now. The new season starts next week. We have a fantastic champion. I can't wait to see where he goes. I made a joke to my friends. Uh, If you hear this, champ, I don't want to, you know, discourage you or anything like that. It's just a joke. I said he's allowed to win up to 74 games, but he's not allowed to win any more than 74. That's my job. (laughs) Because you guys know my goal in life is to beat Ken's record. But no I don't actually mean that. I'm just kidding around. Hey, if he sets the bar higher for me, that's that's okay. I like a challenge. I mean Jeopardy's going to be a challenge anyway. It could take years to get there. But I'm I'm ready for that. I'm prepared for that. At this point, getting on the getting on the show It's more than just something I've wanted to do since I was little. It's taken on some extra meaning. And, you know, talking about the extra meaning that it's taken on would probably result in me crying my eyes out, and I really don't want to do that. Because for me to talk about the extra meaning it would have now, I'd have to talk about other things that would get me started. But yeah, I mean, those of you who know me know what I know what I mean. So I, I guess there you have it. That's just some of the highlights over the years. Actually, there is so much that I don't remember that it's kind of sad because as long as I've watched the show, so many of the contestants blurred together in my mind and most of them don't even have names because I just don't remember them. If they did something to make themselves stand out in some way, then I'm going to remember them. Otherwise, I've, like, totally forgotten most of their names. So that's, that's pretty much the gist of what I've got to say today. I've got a couple of announcements. Um, for those of you who don't know and who follow my stuff on Clubhouse and things like that, the Jeopardy! Club has surpassed 500 members. We're standing right now at 520. When I started that club, I did not expect that. I thought we would have about 5 members. But now, I mean, just 6 months later and look where we are. It's Honestly, pretty incredible. And I I love it. My next announcement is... I want you guys to check out a shop on Etsy. I'll toss the link in the description if I actually remember to do it. But my sister and I have opened up a shop on Etsy. she got me interested in some of the like, the anime that she watches and we're making some little items like bracelets with like character names on them and stuff like that we've started out with bracelets we're going to expand over time I think but if you want any of our items our stock is limited right now so if there's something you want go grab it and go grab it fast Other than that, I think that's all the... Oh, one more announcement. I almost forgot. If you will recall, I posted an episode recently announcing subscription availability (coughs) for this podcast. There was a small problem with that. Small, relatively speaking. When I was setting it up, for some reason it selected the wrong price here. I told you guys I was only going to charge $1.99 for the subscriptions. It selected $4.99 instead of $1.99, which was right next to it. I'm positive I clicked on $1.99. Apparently, the cursor had other ideas. So rather than overcharging you guys, because I didn't catch it until it was already set up, rather than overcharging you guys, I have disabled subscriptions for right now. I won't be able to reconfigure them until September 24th. But I just, I wanted to be an honest person and not overcharge you guys. And try to make you pay more than what I told you, you were that you could pay. And you don't even have to pay for subscriptions once I do get them sorted out. It's totally up to you if you want to watch my screwed up recordings and things like that and see how bad some of these episodes go before they actually get filmed right. (laughs) I mean, you can, but it's not a requirement. So I, I just wanted to let you guys know why you weren't able to subscribe if you had thought about doing that. So... Those are all the announcements I have for you today, and that's the content for today. So I suppose I will see you guys later. Have fun, everyone! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. If you'd like to contact me or support me, you can do that in a number of ways. First, if you'd like to contact me, you can do so... Via Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and on the Good Pods network at Evil Cookies 98, via email at The Evil at gmail.com, via Skype searching for The Evil Chocolate Cookie, and via Discord at The Evil Chocolate Cookie number 4569. If you would like to support what I do, you can do that via listener support on this podcast or via Patreon at patreon.com slash theevilchocolatecookie. One-time donations are also possible at streamlabs.com slash theevilchocolatecookie1. Adding slash merch to the end of that URL will take you to the merch shop where you can get your own goodies. My other content can be found on YouTube at theevilchocolatecookie, at twitch.tv slash theevilchocolatecookie, and on TikTok at the evil chocolate cookie thank you for listening you're the best and don't be evil